Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Great to be with you. And our title today is Rest. God is at work. So before I launch into our theme, let me make a couple of uh, brief announcements here. First is I want to invite you again to a unique uh, equipping opportunity uh, coming October 22nd, about three weeks from now. We're hosting an online event called the Emotionally Healthy Leadership uh, one day live stream experience. It's going to be a four hour uh, workshop. Uh, we're going to share three core foundational practices that uh, leaders need to incorporate into their own lives and that of their teams and ministries to develop uh, deeply transformed disciples for the long haul. And our goal is to help you and your team get a vision, a fresh vision for discipleship and leadership development so you can thrive in the years ahead. So our early bird registration ends uh, actually September 30th and just tomorrow. So I want to invite you to go to emotionallyhealthy.org to get more information and to register. It will be fantastic. And then secondly, I want to continue to invite you to send in uh, questions and comments uh, to me uh, here at Emotionally Healthy Discipleship because I've been getting them the last few weeks and they have been incredible. They have been super invigorating, reinvigorating. Got me very excited. It's been fantastic to hear from you from around the world. In fact, um, and so just you can send those to askpete at emotionallyhealthy.org. That's askpete at emotionallyhealthy.org. Just created that. Uh, name. All right, so let's go into our topic today, which is rest. God is at work. And last week we talked about relax, going to be okay. And really, these two are meant to be foundational messages as we are in the midst of such a, a polarization, a sense of chaos within the election season here, at least in the United States, uh, extremes just pulling people and churches apart. Uh, and so I, I last week and this week's podcast to me are, are foundational for what I'm going to share the next couple of weeks in the podcast about some biblical truths to anchor us in the midst of a polarized, chaotic world. I'm going to do a two parts on that. I've been preparing that for the last four to six weeks. And uh, so last week, relax. This week, rest. And I want to take this week's theme out of Psalm 23. Again, this is th- these are two very, very important biblical truths to, to ground us uh, in the midst of an environment filled with anxiety, filled with fear, uh, lots of unrest, and God invites us to an alternative existence here as his people. And so there are comments being made uh, consistently about the, uh, you know, this is the most important moment in American history. And if you don't, you know, love is not going to get the job done. And people need to wake up and a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, a lot of, um, fears. And so into this, uh, there is a psalm, uh, a very famous psalm, uh, that I have spent multiple times preaching on, uh, but actually has become core to my own walk with Jesus, and that is Psalm 23. Um, I've actually carried a copy uh, of the of my own translation out of the Hebrew in my wallet uh for years, and I pulled out for different moments of binday prayer, etc. Uh, and I, it's just, it's a, it's got so much wealth in it. It's so inexhaustible. It's great for a new believer. It's great for a young believer. It's great for a middle aged older believer. I, I hope uh, they read it at my funeral. It's, uh, it's so beautiful. And so, what I'd like to do is, I, I would like to 
lead you in a meditation, uh, an exegesis, a, uh, a devotional around the riches of the psalm. And um, because it's about David, who is paying attention to God, uh, and he's paying attention to God because God's paying attention to him. And he's using music and poetry to do it. So it's a poem. Uh, and I'm going to read it first through. And you'll notice a couple of differences. because I, I, I've made one or two shifts from the original Hebrew that, that I think communicate quite clearly a, a truth. And I'll make, I'll make some comments along the way. All right. So uh, here's what it says. Psalms 23. You know, hear the word of the Lord. And just maybe as you're listening and uh, maybe a verse or a phrase or a word will call out to you or impress you. Just hold on to that and hold that before the Lord as you listen to the rest of this uh, podcast. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He settles me down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He brings me back. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, countries often choose uh, animals, animals to represent them. So, for example, in the United States, we, we use a bald eagle. Uh, Russia has a bear. The United Kingdom has a lion. What's so interesting here is that Jesus, uh, his symbol is sheep for us. And the heart of Psalm 23 is sheep. And what's so interesting is because sheep are weak and they're vulnerable and very limited, stubborn and thick-headed. Uh, they go in groups and, and God says, my people are like sheep. And this is not flattering uh, at all. And so before I go into the text, let's just take a moment and just talk about sheep because we are sheep. And uh, do you ever, I don't know if you're aware, but there are no such thing as sheep trainers. Uh, you can't say, you know, roll over. They're not in the circus because they're so dumb. They, they can't be trained. And a sheep on, on their own cannot find a, a safe pasture. They can't find good waters. They, they, don't, they don't know how to rest. They can't rest without guidance. Uh, in fact, it's been said that sheep are perhaps the animal least able to take care of themselves and survive on their own. Uh, they, don't, they don't move on their own to new ground. That's good. Uh, in fact, they will continue to graze in one place until they exhaust it. Uh, sheep don't have claws. They can't run fast. They, they can't bite. They're defenseless uh, against enemies. And they're so easily frightened by noises and you know, a little barking dog or a rabbit. And, and you know, a little dog or a rabbit can, can cause an entire herd to run away in fear. And so you know, that's us. And, and uh, not just us, it's, it's the people we lead as well. And, and, and what an image. You know, it's not a bald eagle or a bear or a lion. We're sheep. And so with that in mind, uh, let's look at the different pieces here. It begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, I lack nothing. And actually, the rest of the psalm expounds on the meaning of this line, that the Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. And, and you know, David is just recalling, I, you know, I have everything I need. 
like, I mean, like, wow. I mean, just think about that for a moment. You know, all the perhaps circumstantial difficulties and problems and, you know, the newspapers and uh, news reports, you know, they, they don't have a uh, underneath their headlines, which incite anxiety and fear, everything's going to be okay. Uh, it, it, you don't have the Lord as my shepherd, I lack nothing. But, you know, we, we want more money. We're looking for our children to have great, you know, great futures. And we want good careers and families. You want to get another degree. Uh, we want to kind of inch up the economic ladder. We want to have lots of followers on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and be well-known perhaps. And uh, you know, you go into stores like you know, you wouldn't, we don't realize what we, what we need until we go into certain tech stores, you know, and the new new technology. And uh, you know, I go into Home Depots or uh, or an Apple store and realize, oh, I'd love to have that. And 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 so here we are in the midst of, of of an election season, at least in our country right now, in the United States. There's a tremendous sense of of fear and anxiety and division uh, and chaos. And the Lord says, and, you know, and He invites us to say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And uh, wow, just just sit on that uh, for a minute as sheep. I lack nothing. Why? Because he's got it. Again, rest, rest. God's at work. He's the shepherd. Then it goes on. He settles me down in green pastures. Now, again, a dog can be trained to sit or lie down, but not a sheep. Can't make a sheep lie down. Uh, in fact, sheep only lie down when they've had plenty to eat and are very satisfied. They're digesting their food. And that's why stillness is such a challenge. He, he settles me down in green pastures. You know, he just, he settles me down to be still. It's so difficult for us, but, but he does it. Okay. He leads us there. And then he goes, he leads me beside still waters. Again, 75% of Israel was desert, is desert. And the shepherds that they know where the water is and, and they're, they're, they're planning out to the places for available availability of water. And so it's still water he leads us to, not moving water, not rippling water, not swift water that's going to sweep us away. Uh, and you know, we as sheep, we're going to hear his voice. He says, I, you know, I'll, I'll, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. And you can hear his voice You can because every shepherd has their own unique call and sound. And Jesus uh, has, is, is speaking. He's going to, he's going to lead you. Uh, if we allow him to be beside still waters, okay, quiet, resting, uh, and then it says he, and then he says, you know, it's often translated, he brings me back in verse three, but it's actually he, uh, he restores my soul is how it's often translated. But actually, literally, it's little translation is he brings me back. I just love that. He brings me back. And I can't tell you how often I just, I, I go to that text. He brings me back. Um, in fact, one Arminian translation is he brings me back from the wrong path to the right path. We are sheep. So we, we go astray. We get lost. We we go off cliffs. Uh, we go on dead ends. We we drink from polluted waters. We can find ourselves, you know, going down the wrong path, and a wild animal is going to get us. And and there's no way there's no way we can know because we, we can't see. And so our confidence. The great thing about you know Psalm 23 is the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You know. Uh, he he settles me down. He leads me beside still waters. He brings me back because my confidence is not in my ability to hear. My confidence is in his ability to speak and get through to me and bring me back because he knows I'm not a great listener. And so, you know, just you know, just yesterday, I, I said something. I I I I got ahead of myself, 
and I got all excited about you know Spanish uh, emotionally healthy discipleship has recently come out and all been published and I just I got all excited about oh we can do this and this and this and this and I was ready to make a couple of phone calls and and uh, go down a path real quick uh, for a big planning meeting and I'll tell you he he brings me back he brought me back say Peter do not make that phone call uh, take a deep breath let it sit overnight uh, and uh, just he brings me back and I just love that text he brings me back uh because i'll cr i create a lot of messes and then he goes on he leads me in right paths for his namesake you know it's god he leads me in right paths for his namesake it's god it's in god's interest he's going to lead you in the right paths because his name is at stake around you and again we overestimate how smart we are and how much we can figure things out and uh you know i know some very smart people i mean photogenic minds perfect scores on you know college entrance exams people who seem to know everything something about everything whether it's engineering, art, construction, literature, astronomy, law, you know, and we idealize people with great wisdom and experience. And I'm sure you're really smart listening to this. Uh, and so we try to run our own life because we think we got it, you know, but, but God's, we don't. And we overestimate our, our, our sense of mastery or control of anything, whether it's our health or money or children or whatever. And God just made us needy. We're, we're just dependent. We're I act independent, but I'm dependent. I, I act like I'm self-sufficient and I'm in control, but I'm actually very needy. Uh, I can seem like I've really got certain things mastered, but I'm not competent at all without him. One of my favorite quotes by poet John O'Donoghue goes like this. Because we're so engaged with the world, we can forget how fragile life can be and how vulnerable we always are. It only takes a few seconds for a life to change irreversibly. I'll say it again. Because we're so engaged with the world and we can forget how fragile life is and how vulnerable we always are, it only takes a few seconds for a life to change irreversibly. Uh, we're, it's that tenuous. And so I, I, this shepherd has got me. So I want to, uh, the invitation from God in this podcast today is to enter God's rest uh, and to allow him to shepherd you because because as we do we lack nothing and he's going to lead us to green pastures still waters and wonderfully as we get off track he the shepherd's going to bring you back going to bring me back and uh, he's going to lead us on the right paths he's got a path for you and he is committed out of he's obsessed out of love for you to bring you back in that path that's why uh slowing down for silence and stillness and we talk a lot about the contemplative tradition um to be so we can be attentive to the shepherd guiding us for me it was the game changer uh so i again i i do 20 minutes every morning i set my timer on my phone at least i actually did two 20 minutes today and i and uh, because I, I just got to, I got to, uh, for me, make every effort to enter his rest, Hebrews chapter four, uh, the work is to rest. And our first work in the midst of this season, which we find ourselves uh, and in your leadership, in your life, with your family, with your friends, with those who are looking to you for leadership, with all the fear and tendency to go take off down a road is to enter and live in God's rest. And so th this, uh, you know, I found most of my Christian life, I was listening to God on my own terms, had a very narrow view of it. 
Uh, but silence and stillness before the Lord has just taken me into a place of greater awareness of and a calmness and a less anxiousness, less freneticness and more sensitive to my body, less reactive, greater sense of waiting on just God and his will and letting it unfold and not necessarily striving and pushing for my goals and um, finding that more in, in silence, the more he's speaking and he's got a lot to say to you. But where he's leading us, and, and, and he is going to lead us to, to, to darkness. And that's why David goes on, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. He goes, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And, and he makes it clear that the shepherd's going to lead you to, to trust him in darkness. God, there's going to be seasons we're in dark. We, we, we can't, we're in difficulties and setbacks and pain. And, and the, the picture, again, of a sheep uh, and it's evening and the valley of the shadow of death, of deepest darkness. I mean, it, I mean that's why that's why it's such a, this is a great psalm in, at a moment of death, because death is like a, a door we walk through, and it's it's a it's a dark door. And uh, but again, sheep have no defenses, so you're in darkness. You're 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 in the darkest valley, and you don't have cats have claws at least. Dogs have teeth and speed. Deers can run. Bears can. Horses can kick and bite. But sheep sheep don't have any of this. We, 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 we have no bite, no claws, can't run. We're, we're just so vulnerable. And so many times in life, we don't see where things are going, where we're going, and why it's going this way. And it seems like such a waste. And the great temptation is, you know, I'm done with God, and I'm out of here, and I quit, and I'm not going to trust the shepherd anymore, and forget his rest. I better just take over as best I can. And, and, I, and I love this. because even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And he goes, oh, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. You are with me. The deepest security is not our military. It's not our, our civic institutions. Uh, it's not the police. Our deepest security is you are with me. You know, Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. What a powerful verse. And God's got a rod. That's a weapon that's going to protect sheep from harm, exterior harm, from wild animals and thieves, and a staff to keep us on track when we wander and fall into a hole. I mean, God loves you so much that in that dark valley, he's got a rod and a staff and, and he's guiding. There's a, there's a you know, one of my great heroes in literature has always been Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And, uh, he was a, a devoted communist in Soviet Russia. But in 1949, he made a negative comment about Joseph Stalin. And he ended up eight years in a Soviet labor camp, completely unjustified. And he wrote, uh, three volumes about the horrors of this camp, the Gulag. And it's been called often some of the best nonfiction of the 20th century. But he writes about how he went in judging people. Uh, he didn't have without he didn't have mercy, he wasn't forgiving, he was harsh. And his youthful successes had made him uh, feel like he was infallible and actually a little bit cruel. And as he lay on his rotting prison straw, his heart stirred, and he was led to faith in Jesus through the witness of a Jewish believer, a man who was later beaten to death by prison guards. But while he suffered unjustly, he found grace, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And he saw the shepherd, and he actually found a, a place of rest in the gulag, in this camp, concentration camp. And here's what he wrote. He goes, and this is why I turn to the years of my imprisonment, he wrote. And I say, sometimes to the astonishment of those around me, bless you, prison. I nourished my soul there. And I say without hesitation, bless you, prison. 
for having been in my life, because it was in the prison that he discovered the Lord is my shepherd. He discovered rest and that God is very much at work, even in the middle of the gulag. And so in the Psalm 23, that the, the, in verse 5, the metaphor switches and and David writes, you prepare, you, Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's a beautiful picture of a banquet, a festival, an incredible feast uh, with a festive meal with a host and and I'm the guest. You prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And again, Middle Eastern culture was was known is known to this day for lavish hospitality and offering you know often three times as much food as guests can eat. You can't eat it all. And it says the Lord prepares a this Lord is my shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And I just I can't even take it all. It's so lavish and and uh, but I I love this in, in the presence of my enemies. It's a big theme in the Psalms. You know, where David writes, I I, I will lie down and sleep. In Psalm 3, I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. And, and David blocks out, you know, his enemies in a sense. He just sees that he just sees the shepherd. So you you may have some some people that don't like you and maybe will never forgive you for things and may even hate you. And maybe you've done some terrible things and you've lost everything in life. And maybe you've done some unthinkable things. I I I um I, I've no I know what it's like to have people not like me. Uh, and say things about me that were not very kind. And I just love this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And many of us have messages in our heads, you know, like you hear this voice, the voice of the accuser, but often from family of origin members or authority figures over the years, you know, you don't, it's, you know, you don't matter. You're stupid. You're unimportant. You're not, you need to be perfect and you're not, and you can't be wrong and you're not to be trusted. You'll never amount to anything. You're a loser, whatever. And, and uh, you know, when the Lord says, you, you, when it says the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, God looks at you and he says, it's good that you exist. And God sees you today and says, you're lovable. You know, you're good enough. You're a joy. You're, you've got nothing left to prove. You're a delight. You're allowed to make mistakes, you know, and, and, and rest. Uh, I've got it. Uh, I'm at work. And God pulls out all the stops. I, I had a, we had a, a friend years ago, uh, who had some resources, take us to a really lavish meal. And I remember Jerry and I just, it was, you know, way over the top that anything we'd ever experienced before. And, and I realized it was just a taste of the Lord's table banquet. And, and, uh, but God says, I, I've got a, a festive meal more than you could ever eat in the no matter what you're going through right now. And then it says, the Lord says, you anoint my head with oil. Uh, again, God does it. You anoint my head with oil in the Middle East head, Hosts were anointed the head of a guest, the perfume, and, uh, and my cup overflows. I just love that. My cup overflows. And God says, ours, your cup just overflows. And waiters hovering over you. And you take a sip and they quickly come over to fill the cup. And the point is extra God's extraordinary treatment for you as a sheep is going to overflow your cup if you'll receive it from him. If you'll just slow down a bit today and just let, let your muscles of paying attention to his attention to you, um, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Uh, imagine. You can't make your cup overflow, but he will. And then the, the, the sermon ends. I mean, Psalm 23 ends with this beautiful text. Surely goodness, sometimes translated beauty, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the, so the image here is 
goodness and love or beauty and love will follow me all the days of my life. The shepherd takes up the rear guard position. In other words, I'm not being followed by wild animals and ruthless thieves out to crush my life, but God is in the, he's in the front leading me. He's also in the back protecting me. And again, the word goodness and love, it's beauty and love are following you. And actually the word is chasing you. Uh, you know, my family was very superstitious, came out of, you know, Italy, this idea of the, of the evil eye, paranoia, who's cursing you, who's, who's jinxing you, very neurotic, very paranoid. You know, it's like, like you're being chased by evil. And uh, the evil eye, very, very real thing in at least Italian-American culture when I was growing up. And, uh, and Psalm says, no, it's just the opposite. You don't understand, like, what's behind you is goodness and love is pursuing you. The shepherd is, uh, and uh, it's not ugliness and curses will follow you all days of your life because you don't because that's what you deserve. And my family didn't teach me to appreciate or pay attention to beauty. Yet what what a what a that's why you want to be looking for beauty. It's a key spiritual practice because it's God is the author of everything that's beautiful and good in the world. A Jewish thinker, uh, Eli Hellesim. Uh, was a Jewish thinker from Holland who died at age 29 in a Nazi concentration camp in Auschwitz, <clears throat> Poland. And if there ever was a hell on earth, it was there. But during her months there, she kept a diary. And she wrote about her discovery of beauty in Auschwitz. And here's what she wrote. And I'll try to be summarize it here. She goes, sometimes I stand at the corner of a camp. My feet are planted on your earth. She's talking to God. Raised toward your heaven. Tears are running down my face. Tears of emotion and gratitude. And I want to be there, right in the thick of what people call horror, and still be able to say, life is beautiful. And now I lie here in a corner, dizzy and feverish and unable to do a thing. But I also, with, with jasmine and that piece of sky beyond my window, for once you have begun to walk with God, you need only to keep on walking with him all of your life becomes one long stroll. Such a marvelous feeling. And for her, the memory of jasmine, white, yellow, red, fragrant flowers used to make perfume and tea and a glimpse of the sky were enough to remind her life is beautiful. Beauty's all around you. It's all around me. Sunrises and sunset, clouds and smiles, a kind word, the beauty of a leaf and a tree, snow and sunshine, taste and food. You know, my journey of life, uh, most of my life has been not paying attention to the beauty around me. And been a real part of my journey of emotionally healthy discipleship has been uh, seeing goodness and beauty following me all the days of my life, whether it comes in the form of stories or people or music. And like most of you, my life's distracted and way too much work. And uh, God has been in the process of just peeling layers off. And, and in a season like this, friends, <clears throat> there is perhaps no greater need for us than to relax and then to enter the rest of God uh, that he offers us. And that's why I encourage you to, there's this, this idea of daily offices, of a rhythm in your days, morning, evening, morning, midday, evening, of a rhythm where you actually are stopping to be attentive uh, to him, who is the shepherd. And it will change your brain. It'll change your neurochemistry. And the God of peace his calmness, God, the peace of God will will um, you know will guard your heart and mind. You know that verse is, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your request known to God." And the God of, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. And, you know, 
peace is found in God's very nature. It's a calmness. That's It's who he is. And when we're trusting, when we're resting in him, uh, God gives us himself, his own peace. That really is our first work. It's joining the rest of God that's found in Genesis chapter 2. Um, we've got plans to make. We've got projects to map out. We've got programs to finish. There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to enter. We need to strive to enter God's rest. That is our first work, and especially in these days prior to the election. Uh, and that means a faith that looks up to seize Jesus and uh, who says, come to me all you are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. And, uh, you know, this rest is like heaven's got an open door and it's always there. And he invites us to join him in it. So let me invite you to, to this week to take time. And maybe your assignment's going to be like five minutes a day to be still and silent before the Lord. Take out Psalm 23. I'm going to post this, uh, what I have in my, my wallet. I'm going to post this Psalm 23 to translation I refer to here in this podcast. I'm going to post it on my Facebook and Twitter at Pete Scazzaro. And I'll invite you to download it, make a copy of it, put it in your wallet. And maybe throughout the day, maybe in, in you know before you go into five minutes of silence and maybe you do it midday and evening and just for a week even and just meditate on it. Let one verse, you know, call out to you. It may be the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I mean, that's worth a month. It may be he brings me back. It may be he leads me uh, besides, you know, still waters, it may be, you know, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of life, your, my life. And you just picture God chasing after you with goodness and love. And and uh, listen, if you get nothing out of your time alone with God, the fact that you showed up, you it's a great victory. It's an expression of humility. You're saying, I need you, God. Don't judge your performance. You showed up. You've already been a super success. Even if you fall asleep, it's a great success. So let me invite you again as we close here to this unique opportunity in three weeks, October 22nd, to our Emotionally Healthy Leadership One Day live stream experience. Uh, for more information, go to emotionallyhealthy.org to register. It's going to be fantastic, a good, great four-hour event. Uh, and then I want to invite you again to be sending me questions uh, or comments about the podcast, how it's impacting you. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a gift. It's more of a dialogue. And for me, it's wonderful to have a dialogue versus me sitting in my office and it's one way. Uh, it's lonely out here without you, but your, your emails just are invigorating. So thank you, everybody. May the God of peace be with you. May he fill you. May he bless you. May he anoint you. And may your the peace of God in you overflow. May your cup overflow to all those you touch. And though it may appear the mountains are shaking and there's chaos all around you, May God's peace rest on you and may his rest fill you to overflowing. Thank you, everybody. Great to be with you. God bless. Talk to you soon.